Hello, beautiful people. We suck. <laughs> Welcome back to CCA for a new year, new me. New year, new podcast, new organisation, new efficiency. New year, new promises new that promises. we never, <laughs> never stick to, honestly. So as you have probably noticed, uh, given how many of you have asked us about this, part two of Andrew's Q&A did not go up because we both went away and it just wasn't right and then we were on holidays and our break... You will hear all about it in our official first episode back for 2023. This is obviously the second part of Andrew's anonymous Q&A from last year. The bombshell one with so much excitement in it, uh, but obviously the time references will all be out. So giving this to you so it's in your ears now. How are you feeling, Bim? Do you remember anything about what we talked about? No, me either. Me either. (laughs) Literally not. I... I I rem- like I think it was it felt nice. It was nice. It was lovely. I think that was the overall feeling of it. So I'm looking forward to hearing back <laughs> again too. And I feel like we wanted to be together yeah. when it came out, and then we yeah. weren't. And you were in New Zealand. Anyway, as you guys know, we uh, now have Ange on board, like properly mm. like properly. I'm, now that um, you've like seized your yay. I'm Sarah's actually executive. Um, what did I say? Uh, exec- no, you said um, oh, actiations manager. Actiations manager. manager. <laughs> um, and we've had a great planning meeting today, so you are actually going to get a lot more organisation mm. and efficiency and fulfilled promises. So we promise that in a very short amount of time you will get a New Year, New Me episode where we actually talk about what we did on the holidays, how we're feeling about a new year, what's coming up, we've planned our first event for the year as well, which you'll hear about very soon. Um, But for now, please enjoy the follow-up to Andrew's Anonymous Q&A. We hope you enjoy and you'll be hearing so much more of us this year. Enjoy. Also, this is not on my microphone, it's on my phone because lol. Enjoy. (laughs) Bye. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Welcome back. This is part two of Andrew's Anonymous Q&A because we got through like, what? One question. One question <laughs> last time. <laughs> and we were just going to go straight through and record a second one, but I was KO, like my brain. Yeah, we were, we were both KO. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, because it was a big episode. It was a big episode. Also, we're just getting old. We're just getting old. Today's, we are getting old. Today I said to Sarah, well, I'm still really quite tired. So Ange came over last night and <laughs> literally came into our room. We watched like 10 minutes of meme. We force fed her memes. So we do, we've spoken about this before, but whenever Ange comes to our house, we do show and tell. It's and Nick and, and I fight for like, Ange, 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 look at this, look at this. And like we fight for her attention. So we got about three memes down and then you were like, okay, bye guys, go to bed. It was 8.30 p.m. <laughs> 
And then I woke up before you, which also never yeah, happens. never happens. And then I was like slowly backing out into the room and Nick's like, um, it's no, not Ange, done Ange, yet. No, Ange, watch another one. Watch, no, no, watch this no, one. It was like a 10-minute video. He goes, um, well, it's not finished. I was like, oh, okay, but I sit myself back down. Um, it's not finished. It was like one ad. And I was like, okay, well, good night. He's like, it's not finished. It was an ad break. And it was 10 minutes of like highlights of tiktoks like it wasn't no, even the it, tiktok no. app it was just like was a youtube, YouTube video <laughs> oh, TikTok. no it was a compilation yeah, of was. funniest british tiktoks which is actually pretty pretty funny if anyone needs a laugh but yeah so we separated the two parts instead of doing them straight off the back of each other we've covered the career questions we covered that's it like we didn't do any other category yeah we suck <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and today's is a big juicy one, as we mentioned, left you on a cliffhanger. But before we get back into it, thank you also for all your incredible questions. We didn't do a fifth Q&A submission because we already have too many questions to get through. Angie's very popular. Angie's not. Angie's very popular. And to back this up, so just as a quick little tidbit, I became a stylist and makeup artist and hairdresser over the weekend and it was the best yay of my life. So speaking of yays of our lives, yayborhood watch note for this weekend is Andrew went to a wedding and got a makeover. A yay-cover. Oh, no. A yay-cover. So you explain. There's not much to explain. Sarah knows that. I think there's a misconception, although actually, no, it's a problem. It's not a misconception. It's, it's, a, it's a conception. It's a true, what's a, what would you call it? A uh, Conception. A conception. <laughs> so what would you uh, call it? It was not a misconception. It's uh, a true conception. Yeah. Well, there's not much to concept from. So <laughs> it's like I clearly don't, like for a long time I was like uh, activewear, activewear all the time because I whatever, YOLO. Yeah. And then I was like, but I actually really enjoy getting dressed up, which Sarah does actually know. Yeah. And people were like, oh, like you must hate it. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I just don't do it often. No, but you used to be like a fashionista. You only know that because I tell you and you just no, have I've to believe photos. it. No, I've seen photos. No, I've seen photos. Yeah, I used to love, like when I was early in high school, I used to love like wearing whatever, like indie and op shop clothes or whatever. And then I just got into cycling and then I never really wore clothes again. But then um, just <laughs> rocking around naked. I just go straight up nude, you know. Yeah, 100%. Vagine. Vagine. You've just gone like full activewear. Yeah. But not just activewear. Like, <laughs> like not, even, not, even, <laughs> not even going out activewear. You know how there's like going out, you've got your going out activewear. Everyone who's listening, I hope you relate to this. I feel like we all do. There's like your going out activewear that's like nice and then there's like your activewear that's like pilly. No, that's me. You know when me. like activewear yeah. pills from stringing, being too old. Like the fibers stringing. are stringing. <laughs> like that's me. Stringy activewear. <laughs> Stinky. All of the above. I've had a few interventions where I'm like, get off my bed. Go and have a shower. <laughs> you fucking gross. I'm going to come uh, up like two boxing sessions and I run like hugging Sarah. Yeah, I'm like, get um, off me. I love you, but get off. <laughs> no, so I had a wedding on the weekend and yeah, normally I kind of just like, mm, whatever. But somehow I was like, no, like what is he? I want to see what Sarah has, which 
normally I'm like, I would not fit it. But I was like, you know, there's probably things that are stretchy that I could probably fit. And we kind of threw You do Instagram. raid my wardrobe. I raid your wardrobe all the time. Regularly, yeah. Yeah. And then so we like finalized a few, tried on a few, fell in love with one. And I was, was like, this is process. the one. It was a whole process. You screenshotted things from back like two years Literally, ago. And we're like, this, this, so this. I was like, um, I don't, I don't happen to have that anymore. Like, why? <laughs> no why? longer on rotation. So, and it was so funny because you know how you normally Pinterest or like save a whole bunch of people's looks and things. Mine were all just Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look exactly like this. Exactly. Exactly like this. Um, <laughs> and then like over the course of three catch-ups, I brought options and you yeah. try them on and then be like, can you like bring this one? And I was like, what was wrong with the other yeah, one? It's true. <laughs> Don't like and my then, fashion. Okay. <laughs> and the only person I like know and trust and love to do my makeup and hair, well, partly because I just like wouldn't even know how to do it. And secondly, like Sarah just knows me and what I like and like how I like like to be comfortable. So I literally rocked up. I was like, mm, do you reckon I can do it before? She literally like ditched a birthday party, <laughs> organized the whole like space, like the had a space. chair ready. I had a chair in the like natural a light. chair ready. Um, <laughs> like organized where I possibly could take my before and after videos. I had a tripod had for a, that. Everything. I had your, your ice soy chai ready well, Yeah, Literally, actually, it was such a service. <laughs> and then we had 45 minutes, like yeah. strictly 45 minutes, did all of my hair. Again, the inspo was just like previous post of Sarah's being like, what about this one? And then uh, like glammed me up. And it was actually a proper, I think previous times you've done like my makeup and stuff. Yeah. It was nice. It was like for physio ball and whatever. But this time I actually felt very elegant and very like, Mm. I was telling you this before. I was like very Mm. confident in my skin, very comfortable and also like, Easy breezy cover girl, beautiful cover girl at the same time. Like, mm. I don't want to say the word, but I was hot. So she goes last night. I was like, why were you so tired? It's hard being hot. Okay. I'm tired from being hot all weekend. But you actually looked amazing. Okay. This is a testament. So, two things. One is the text from my mum. So, of course, I took the photos and then I sent them to my mum and my aunties because Andy's like their adopted other daughter. I didn't get a reply, but she texted you straight away going, you look like you're in your skin. You're just glowing. But the real proper like measure of how intense this was is I sent it to Nick goes, which is so cute because he knew I set up the room and everything. Yeah. He goes, how's the makeup going? Like, cause he knows I get really excited yeah. to do it. And I sent a picture back and he goes, instead of like, oh, she doesn't look like a boy today. Which he always, cause that's how, <laughs> that's how he like shows me love. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I'm like his little sister. So he's like, mm, I can't be too nice to her. So be yeah. like, cool nice or like yeah yeah good one or something (laughs) (laughs) or like thumbs up emoji he goes oh wow and i was like that's so cute he goes oh wow like the transformation many o's many w's i know and no backhanded like yeah it was insult and so i screenshotted it immediately and sent it to you even though i definitely was not meant (laughs) to do that but no it was like and then your parents my parents no my parents responses were I'm so proud of you, like as in so proud of you for looking like a human. I was like, thank you. <laughs> and then your mum was like, you look like Sarah. Literally. I'm so proud of you. And then Sarah goes, oh, your parents are so proud that two <laughs> things came true, that you look like me. I was like, it's true. But it's like my, I didn't grow up with my parents telling me that they're proud of me ever. And all of a sudden I wear a dress. They're like, I'm so proud of you. I know. It's not like you graduated yeah, or you're like top of your class <laughs> or you like rode from Adelaide to Melbourne. It's you look like Sarah today. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm so proud of my daughter. But the engagement even on my stories of you was like, 
unbelievable. This is how popular you are. Like literally everyone who is so invested in you. People have never commented before. They're like, she looks so pretty. Like as in they know what you look like and they knew the transformation. And they even got, wow, I didn't know she was a sex kitten. What, <laughs> what was that? I don't, I don't know, but that leads us really nicely to relationships because you are a sex kid. Okay, great. But what's one thing? I just have to say the wedding was beautiful. Like oh, yeah, not about Raph. me, it's actually about Raph Shout and Fitzy. Shout out to Raph. Raph and Fitzy, who I love and adore so much. It was such a beautiful wedding and so much happiness. So, yeah. And random six degrees of separation. You know Organic Crew, the really beautiful bamboo. Yeah, that's her cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Mel was there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realise. Yeah. So she, I think you've seen, you know, the yeah, jumper, yeah, know, the yeah, 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 the organic cotton and everything. So there's this beautiful brand that's founded by a an incredible Melbourne woman called Mel. And since Matcha Maiden, the very, very early days, we did a lot of work together. She does a lot of work with two other women who I love. You guys know Sarah from Organica who does my hair and her incredible organic natural salon in Elwood and Carlton is amazing. And then Danielle from Simple As That Skin who has, yeah, incredible skincare range, also natural, organic, just beautiful. Us four have like known each other for years and Nat from Green Street. Anyway, I didn't twig that she has the same surname as Yeah, Raph, I just forgot. But I was on her page and I was like, that wedding looks really familiar. <gasps> Oh, I wish I remembered what to go and said hi. I know, what a small world. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, anyway, so we are up to the relationship section, speaking of weddings, relationship section of Andrew's questions, which is the bombshell section. <sighs> this is the cliffhanger that we left you on. The stress. The cliffhanger on time. which we left you. So let's start with some of the like fast fire easy ones. How many X's do you have? One. One actual X. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then we never really get to the point to become relationship to X, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that was the one that like you actually launch, hard launched on Instagram. I guess, I guess so. Yeah. And then, yeah. Like. That was, and then, and then it was like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting question. Stats show single women are happier and live longer than coupled up women. Do you agree or disagree? Um, You've lived for like a minute, so I don't feel like you're yeah, qualified. Like, from this my question. eighty years of relationshiping, <laughs> it's um, a really interesting question. I think I actually, I've had the discussion a lot recently, but I, I don't know. I feel like I believe both. I believe yeah. that you can have a really thriving life with a partner, so long as it's a partner that you uh, really do love and want to be with, and that betters you. Because I feel like maybe perhaps with a lot of relationships are there because it's they're content in it, mm-hmm. which is very different to being you know like it's a relationship where it's like a you get you you're, you're a better person from it, and you grow together. But then I'm like, well, but if it is a very like content type relationship, then you are actually probably better off being single mm-hmm. and getting that kind of love and companionship from your friends. The mm-hmm. only thing that you guys I guess lose is like a intimacy or a romantic, like yeah, physical intimacy. But yeah, I actually kind of believe both. I think if you're in the right relationship, yeah, 100% being with someone's always being better. Like you, like we've spoken about this, you don't ever need someone, but having someone can make your life so much better Yeah, if it's the right person. So totally. Yeah. So something that's come up a lot, I can't remember if we spoke about this in the last episode or not, but something that's come up a lot in the last little while for me with either people who are single and struggling on the dating scene or people who are in long-term relationships and entering that first sort of hurdle phase of 
oh my gosh, relationships are hard, mm. you know, that like everyone gets to a bit where the novelty wears off in the honeymoon period, you know, and, and you have to like start to work hard at it. The analogy that has helped me enormously personally, but also in all of these conversations is the pie chart analogy where every person represents their own pie chart and there's certain areas where you're really, really strong and certain areas where you're not as strong. And what people need to look for in, in a partner is the person who, like you're never necessarily going to find the 100% package. They might become your 100% package over years of working towards the same thing, but probably on the street you're just not going to find someone who ticks mm. all your boxes. But all they have to tick is the ones that you really care mm. about because our priorities are all different, which is why, you know, some people will be like, oh, you guys have so much adventure and blah, 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 and then, you know, and they like that, but they have all the other things. You know, I feel like if you start to look at your relationship and yourself as a pie chart and you get like the thing, you prioritize the things that you really care about and the others you can work on over time, you know what your non-negotiables are and you distinguish those from the things that aren't as important to you. Yeah. And also that you're not always looking for someone to fill all of your gaps. Yeah. You need to fill those yourself and then come to the table. I feel like that's why this is a mass generalization, but I've the question is really interesting for me because I feel like particularly in second relationships and often second marriages, it seems as though men's pattern is often to use their partner to fill the parts of their pie chart that aren't full. Whereas women who have been married before and then go into their, their like their post first relationship life, they often don't repartner because they learn to fill those gaps with their girlfriends or with other areas of their life. Yeah. So they don't go straight into needing another partner, which is why I think the question was why do single women, the stats show that they're happier and longer. I think it's because they find how to fill their pie chart without the relationship yeah. and be independent of that. And then the relationship is such a bonus. It brings so much depth to your life, but you don't need it. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what the scientific basis is for that. It's just I like pies. Well, as you guys And all pie charts are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and as you guys know, this is actually quite a science-backed podcast. podcast yeah. So we definitely- And all my Sarah theory. So we also have this thing called Sarah, Sarah theory, theory where I try and explain everything based on something that's from my own random brain. And has no scientific backing whatsoever. Mm. But the pie chart analogy has really helped people recently where they're like, oh, I'm waiting for my partner to fill all of the pie chart and they mm. really only need to meet 75% of my non-negotiables and then the others we can work on. That's exactly how they say it. My pie chart is not full. They, my, but now it is how they yeah. say it. And it <laughs> helps. I'm a very visual person. You are, yeah, yeah. And that really helps me. Anyway. Okay, so there are some really interesting questions about Nick and I which snuck into this. So I'm yeah. going to leave those till no. after. No, 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 till after uh. your bombshell because I think that's more important. My bombshell. It's more <laughs> important. It's more important. But firstly, some more Ange fast fire questions, which I don't know why they're in this section. What is it like to sweat <laughs> from your nose only? I don't know why that's in this section either for relationships. Um, because it impacts your relationships deeply. It's It is hard work, you know, like... I don't really know how to answer the question. It's how, what's it like? It, it's wet. It's sweaty. Um, um, <laughs> was this from Daddy Kennedy? I have no idea. I reckon it's from Jen or something. She was so, teasing me about the sweaty nose. Small shout out to Danny Kennedy who also records his incredible fitness and lifestyle podcast from Annotate Agency where we are right now. Kane has listened to – Kane sits in on all our episodes, by the way. Poor guy. I know. Has to Honestly. listen to our bullshit. He gets Danny's proper science-backed fitness, proper interviews, and then our absolute chaos. 
Danny often has pointed out, because he's trained with both of us many times, he's like, wow, you guys really crack a sweat so <laughs> straight on your nose and nowhere else. Literally, it's only on my nostrils. Yeah, same. Well, actually, no, I like Not I sweat on everywhere. your nostrils, like on your on nose pores. On my nose pores. Actually, I sweat everywhere. But my nose pores are intense. And the only thing it does affect with my dating is sometimes when I'm like a bit sweaty and then we have to do, do a spill smooch, it's a bit sweaty on the nose. Oh, so you have to like blot your nose first before I pash. I'll do a bit... <laughs> But, yeah, Danny has actually, like, we send him photos sometimes of just – because our nose breaks first. That's what it is. It's actually – sometimes it's the only part of the body that sweats. It's like it's like maybe someone grafted my armpit hair on my nose. I mean, armpit skin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question. Cool, cool, okay, cool, next cool, question. Cool, that's cool. really science fact. Okay. Personality or looks? Um, that's such an easy one for you. Looks. Current by, <laughs> so judging by my current smell. relationship, it's personality. <gasps> no. Um, judging think, by your current relationship I think, leads really nicely to the next question. Is Ange dating anyone? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> <So I think laughs> way more excited about this than I, I am. I could not act cool. I feel like because she's my like big sister, she gets so hard. No, about this. I am either your big sister, your daughter, or your mum. Yeah, it true. changes all the time. Side note: How much was I the proud mum at the school formal, taking all the photos? Like, okay, come in the good light. Take, okay, pose this way. Oh my god, sending it Seriously. to like all my friends, uploading it to my Facebook. Seriously, like, I was such like, a mum. I was like, I, I actually do have to go. Like, I'm gonna be late. She goes, okay, don't worry about it. And anyway, so if you put your bags down here, just a quick one, just, <laughs> just a quick just one, one in front of the house, just in front. You know, it's like moms in the like, doorway. You know, if the moms are like in the garden, in the garden, <laughs> straight <laughs> to the garden. This will look really nice. I'll, I'll frame it. Hold this. Hold this flower. Hold like this. <laughs> Back to my excitement. Yes, yeah, so and um, is in, in a relationship. relationship. <gasps> okay, keep going. That's the question. Is entertaining? So oh my god. Okay, so the other thing she does when she really cares about something and is like really invested is instead of being like this fountain of words, she goes, "I'm like, I'm always like, <laughs> how's it going?" And she goes. Well, what do you want to know? <laughs> Which true. is like the weirdest answer because <laughs> Ange never doesn't just word vomit everything. She'll go, well, no, but what specifically? And I'm like, I'm a shy I just, girl. You're, so, you're not a shy girl. I'm a shy girl. I'm so shy. Okay, so tell us about this relationship. Well, <laughs> like what do you want to know? So disclaimer, for the respect of your partner who is not really in the podcast scene That's and not all real. That stuff, <laughs> That's just that not real. Just, <laughs> imaginary which is also fine because inclusivity a for ally no i think actually like i've actually always been a private person about my yeah relationships. dating life anyway. so we're not going to name names or anything but no name names because there isn't a name there is a fine. name they're not even real yeah i've never been really open about my dating life i feel like because i'm open about so much of my life it's the one part of my life that i kind of protect yeah. Um, I mean, your legs are open, but you're not open about it. Goodness I'm kidding, me. I'm kidding, I've been practicing crossing my legs, eh? <laughs> it's because I have chunky trunks. They just don't cross. <laughs> I can't cross my legs. No, um, sorry. I'm deflecting. No, we've been together for like like since August. So a little while. It's very loving. It's very healthy. Seriously, you're really waiting for me to, it's really to drop this. It's, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't practice this. No, we didn't, but that's even better because this is oh, really no. momentous. And I must say, I'm very humbled that you are happy to do it here. 
No, it's so fine. And also because I said to you, I think we have to appreciate all stages of a relationship. We can't just like talk about it when it's like really good and really secure because that's not always mm. like it's not always like that, you know. Anyway, so been together since like like kind of dating since August, and I've been I've always been a very like open person with like people and I don't you know me I don't like labels I feel like labels confine you to a, a group that means that you can't be fluid and move around but Sarah's always known that kind of been quite open with in terms of like who like I would go for not like there's a specific type or anything but I've never been like closed-minded to any kind of like gender or sexuality or anything like that I think in the past probably I've like defaulted to like dating guys and things but I've never been closed off to the idea of like exploring everything else. So yeah, we I am in like a same sex relationship with a girl, and I love her very much. And oh it's my all very gosh. nice. You said you love her. No, actually, I said like like. <laughs> um, I think you should make that clear. So we had we just like like each other. We had been through. So I found out in the like in the not saying the L word phase. Oh yeah, in the very still beginning, like, we I, I <laughs> you'd say <laughs> it's true. Okay, bye, Sarah. Love you. Okay, bye, person. I, I like, like you. you. <laughs> that was so cute. It was such a conscious effort not to say. No, you were like, I like I like uh, you more than a friend. Yeah, more than a friend. But I think what's really interesting about you is that it wasn't like it was something you needed to tell me because you had never been in a same-sex relationship before, but it also wasn't something that you needed to tell me in that you'd never actually been hetero before either. You'd kind of always just been this person who never saw gender or like I think one, one thing I love about you so much is you don't really see age, race, like you just see people. You've yeah. always seen people and you have never discriminated between, like you get really attracted to personalities and even in your friendships. Like I don't think you see people's the features that put them in boxes otherwise in society, you don't really see them. You've always seen beyond them. And so it kind of wasn't really even something, it wasn't even really an announcement. Yeah, I was just I think, like, ah. Oh. Yeah, I think that's what when I was telling you about her, I was like, it wasn't actually a high, it wasn't like a coming out situation. It no, was like, no. hi, I actually like someone. This is the person. Totally. It was a, it was an announcement of me being like dating someone in a or relationship like, or liking someone as opposed to like, oh, by the way, it's like, the gender was the reveal. It was the reveal was actually just more about the fact that I was like really liked someone and Sarah was like and I the response that I got from all of my best mates when I told them was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was like excited not because they thought that I was like coming out or anything. It was excited because I was like actually like giddy about something, which I don't often totally. – I'm not often – like I'm – not that I'm hard to please but I am a little bit hard to please in that sense. Totally. It was such a conversation of like – like I think you maybe thought it was going to be a bigger deal, like that, that like you were like, it's a girl, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, you like somebody, yeah, like, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And Sarah was like, okay, and but like that's not contextual. I guess this is, I don't know. I didn't really think about this deeply in terms of like us talking about this on here, because I've just never been a one to be like like coming out or whatever, whatever. But like I would say members of like a lot of my family wouldn't even know, like my cousins, a lot of my friends, like some people that I've told, they're like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were that. Like I didn't know that's what – and I was like, what do you mean? Like what 
as in I think I've, I've it's been a very interesting experience about how people respond to the conversation yeah. like if some people just don't respond because it's so normalized and it's so whatever yeah and then some people are like oh I didn't know that it was like oh sorry I didn't know that I didn't know that that and you were out like, and yeah but I'm I like, always I'm, like you weren't in I'm not to in me, or anyway. out I don't, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like this is an in or out which is why I think I haven't really properly thought about how others might perceive this conversation yeah. because I really don't believe in the the whole coming out thing because I don't feel like you should or have to but at the same time I can appreciate sometimes for people coming out it's very liberating and feels like they can finally be themselves and like openly so yeah so I do don't really think this is like I think this was more a discussion of like whoever I was dating and yeah I think it'll come to a surprise to a lot of people that maybe don't know me as deeply as you might know me but yeah, it's all very lovely. It's all very nice. It's all very healthy. Um, yeah, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, thanks. I think it is really interesting that you're very. We've had this conversation before about like you shouldn't need to come out, particularly if you weren't not out before. But I also think we had this conversation on Feast recently that for some people who were in the closet for themselves, like or not in the closet, sorry, who hadn't even come to that realisation in their own identity, coming out allows them to draw a line in the sand in their identity of mm. like I didn't know who I was before and now this is who I am. Like sometimes labels are limiting and confining but sometimes I think they're helpful when people want to acknowledge a big shift whereas for you I don't think there was a shift. No. I think you just found a new person who you, you fell in love with mm. and they just happened to be a different gender to the last person you were in a relationship with. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. it wasn't a big shift for you. Yeah, and I think I can see both sides. Like for me, I find a label for me really confining. But then again, it's the same the same concept of, as when people ask me, you know, what are you going to be in five years? I was like, I don't know, I find that question really like restricting because then if I say something, I feel like I have to hold that to yeah. truth and I have to go towards that path and it means like I don't really delineate if something does happen. And then same with this, like I'm like if the minute you're kind of given a label, you, people put you in that box, particularly with sexuality, and then you can't be fluid about that. Yeah. And then if you go the other way, they're like, oh, no, like she's, but she's, but she's like a lesbian. But you're like, but like what if, she, you know, yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a really yeah, fluid yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. So I just don't put a label on it. I kind of just like, mm, I just am. Like I, I don't even know what I am. So I'm kind of just am. I am me. You are foot. Yeah, I'm foot. That is what you're your own category. Yeah, but I can actually appreciate for a lot of people it brings like this beautiful sense of like home and belonging yeah. to a group. Yeah. And yeah. so like it's a personal thing for me with the whole totally. labels thing. But, yeah, I can appreciate both sides of it. I just hope that when people, maybe some of the people listening, that it's I think not to assume someone's sexuality just because of who they're dating. Yeah. Because it's quite common for people to be like, oh, okay, well, now that you're a lesbian. I'm like, mm, well, it's not like not really the case. And I've never said that. And just because you're dating someone the same sex, it doesn't necessarily mean like you're one way, like you're only one way yeah. or you're only the other way. Yeah. Well, you know, like it's really easy. And I think I used to do it as well. Like, the minute you see someone with the same sex, they're like, oh, that, that person's gay. Yeah. When like it's so, it's like there's all these, it's a big spectrum of like what you are and can be. <laughs> it's LGBTQ. Yeah. Oh my God, Sarah thought Q. I didn't. Was for curious. This. I didn't. I just said something dumb once. <laughs> and then, then I said it again. I was like, A for ally. A for and allies. Then, Oh my god! And then you were like, "That's not even what it stands for." Oh my god! So funny, it's so great. But what's really interesting is, yeah, I think being 
in the moment because a lot of my friends who have come out or not come out or have, you know, sit on that spectrum of sexuality, I've known them since they've been in the identity they're in now. Mm. I hadn't hadn't been there in the process of people around them finding out and responding. It's been really interesting to watch people respond to you and try and be like, okay, so are you by now? Like, yeah. are you out now? And yeah, be like, yeah, it's true. Oh, it's dude, I'm just like, I just fell in love with someone. Like, that's it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not a big deal. Like, I'm just in a relationship. But, and yeah, like, it is same sex. So, yeah. like, there's a lot of learnings and there's like lots of nuances, but it's, <laughs> it's like a lot of learnings. <laughs> it's genuinely a lot genuinely of learnings. You've had a lot of learning. I've had a lot of learnings. Yeah. Even I have had like some moments You've where I'm like. You've taught me things. Experimentation means I know a little bit more than like, you. Like genuinely. Like, at the this start, is how it works. At the start, Sarah was like this and this and this. I was like, wait, what? How do you know that? And she's like, mm, well, you know. <laughs> I'm an A for ally. experimented. You know, in the longer, younger days. <laughs> I'm Q for curious. You're Q for curious. <laughs> no, like, yeah, because like, I don't know. It's new, but it's not new. You know, it feels very safe and comfortable, but it's new in that. I think, yeah, there's nuances of being in a same-sex relationship that you learn. And she's been really great, like really, really great. I at, love her. Yeah. She passed the best friend test, which <laughs> to be fair colors. would be intimidating to like walk into us being like it's true. our own weird we language. We so stupid. So stupid. We are so like we – we had this like dinner and then Sarah and I get into our, our little stupid things. We were like, Google it. And oh. we were hysterically laughing. And there were like other guests there yeah. who we did not know who we should have behaved better in front of. We were and so we bad. could not hold it together over Google it. Like it's not even that funny when we tried to explain. It's not funny at all. And it was in a public space. I know. And we were like, we tried to hold it together, but our like, shoulders were shaking, our nostrils oh were flaring. Nostrils flaring. And then she goes, I'm so glad you have Sarah because like no one else would understand. Yeah, like no one. I'm so relieved because I'm so relieved because you have someone that can match your energy. I feel like when people are like, what's the secret to yours and Nick's long life relationship? I'm like, and she has a buffer. It's an, it's an outlet. It's a buffer and an outlet and a safe um so yeah that's the question that wasn't on the list because obviously before this announcement people wouldn't have the context for this question Mm. and separate to anything about sexuality I feel like in terms of the societal need to categorize and put people in like boxes and have certainty and all that kind of stuff in the age bracket we're in and there's like weddings and babies and like so much timeline pressure and even off the back of our last episode about work career pressure and stuff. Have you found, like, I know that you had a little bit of trouble at the start with like the, what are we mm. like, where are we going? The future versus the, not. have you felt pressure? Like as soon as you're in a relationship to like settle down or like know what you are or put labels, like, are we girlfriend and girlfriend? Or are we like just seeing each other? Like, do we love each other? Like it's been so long since I went from dating someone to like, making it official to like, yeah. you know, like how have you navigated that? Yeah. I think the start of the whole like what are we, I actually like I probably didn't think about a huge amount until we actually started discussing it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like her and I, it wasn't really on the forefront because I kind of was like we are what we are and it's kind of really nice at the minute. And then like the same thing with the whole labels thing. I'm like it doesn't, I don't think it really changes much. And then I was like actually no, maybe it, it doesn't change anything but it's just like a symbolic thing for us to be like, yeah, we really like each other and we'll be, you know, this will be a nice thing to do or whatever it is. But um, navigating that at the start wasn't too hard because I think you do everything quite intuitively because you're both in this kind of like 
honeymoony type, like really new novel, really. <laughs> Sarah just had a sip of a giant, literally like almost swallowed her teeth because <laughs> was trying to keep it quiet. Honeymoony. <laughs> That, but in my brain, it came out honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to be our new Google hit. That is not going to be it. She created a really safe space for me to like navigate the whole thing. And so I never really felt pressure. Or, I think at periods you get like scared as you would normally because you're like, oh, actually, I feel things and I'm feeling feels that. Um, and then you start, you know, you you realize you care a lot for this person, and then that becomes a bit scary in terms of committing. But the fear more comes from what everyone always thinks about, which is like, what if it doesn't work out? Yeah. And then what if it doesn't work out? And then I've gone all in, and, and then like, like you want to protect a bit of yeah. you, but then you're like, if I don't go, well, we had the all in conversation. Well, like I kind of, I kind of reserve myself from like a real, real all in thing. And for a while, not like consciously, but I was like, I'm just going with the flow. And it was really nice to just go with the flow. And we still are very much going with the flow, which is why I think it's really healthy. Mm. And the all in was more coming from me stopping worrying about the future as opposed to like, here is all of my love in every single inch of it. And I'm going to shower you with it. Like I'm going to love bomb. It was more all in to be like, stop worrying about what's going to happen and just Mm. be like here right now Mm. and be like all for that as opposed to like self-sabotaging, which we spoke about a lot about, which I definitely at the start was kind of thinking about and doing more so as a protective thing as being like, well, you're you know, double guessing yourself. A everything. Lot. Yeah. I was like, things I normally really wouldn't care about because I'm just like me, you know, whatever. I was like, what if this and what if that? And more so because you just start to care a little bit more and it actually means something. When it means something, you like care. Because like, you know, my last relationship was was really nice and it was really lovely. Mm. But I think it took me a while to like care to the extent that I do in this one. And so like more navigating those kinds of overwhelming, really strong feelings and then yeah. The higher the reward, the higher the risk or whatever. The higher the risk, the higher the reward yeah. kind of type of thing as well. And that was like kind of like a – it wasn't a blip or it wasn't a hurdle but it was definitely a discussion that I had to have with someone like like with you and my best girlfriends to be like, like I need perspective because otherwise mm. I'm too in this to really like take myself out and see everything that it is. And the thing is with – we're really both communicative, like we're really transparent and really good with – telling each other where we are which is mm. why I think it's so healthy and so great and that's something that she's taught me and she's a really really amazing at creating a space where you can like talk about things without feeling judged and we both are really good at like I've become more confident in doing that and so yeah I guess it was like hard but not at the same time and now we're just like in a really really great space or place yeah for both of us I think what was really interesting as a friend and mother um, was <laughs> And grandmother. And grandmother. <laughs> and Benoit was to watch how in relation to your career or anything that's not relationship related, you never do that. You yeah. never double guess yourself. You never overthink the future. You never – fear is never a kind of barrier that changes your behaviour and I hadn't seen you do that in a while and I was like, whoa, dude, you don't do this. It's true, In yeah. relation to anything else but in relationships and this is just anyone listening because you're – even more vulnerable you I think sometimes like go into your shell even more and then overthink because it's like oh it's going to be if it's too good to be true like I don't know you just overthink Mm. it a lot and sometimes you need to talk yourself down the same way that you would about trying something in your career or 
going for a big dream, it's the same thing. And yet your behaviors were really different. Yeah. So one of the things Sarah said to me was like, if someone came to you for business advice, you just say, you won't know until you try. Yeah. Follow your heart. Just and like, then, let it be. And I was like, it's true. This is me trying to self sabotage. <laughs> Don't let self doubt be the reason it doesn't work. Self doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. <laughs> Just seize your yay, okay? So now that we have opened this beautiful wormhole and there were also quite a few questions for Nick and I as well, which kind of touch on the whole getting in your head about relationships, how you get over the hurdle, blah, 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 so many things. I feel like for Valentine's Day, which will be like after our break, not too many episodes in, we should do another relationships Q&A episode because if I get started on the Nick and I questions. Why? Well, you have to answer one of them. No, yeah. no, 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 one, no, no. Just one. Okay, sure. Quick fire. Okay, because we have still family slash Asian category BIMP and cycling and mindset slash life and travel. Okay, well, why don't you answer this really briefly and okay. and then in the Valentine's one you can expand on it. Okay, and for everyone else who has new follow-up questions for Ange, we will do a relationships <laughs> follow-up episode. This is news to me too, guys. And um, me. And, and me. You. And no, and mainly Shane. Who's like, shit, I have to listen through, through Anyone, more shit. Everyone in this room. Yeah. Ask Kane about the his relationship. dogs are like, okay, bye. <laughs> For Sarah, how did you know your relationship was right, even though you spent so much time doing your own separate things? Oh, that's a really interesting question. And I think that it's kind of the answer is in the question. I knew it was right because we can spend so much time doing our own separate things and I never felt like restrained from doing that I've yeah. even bef- like in any relationship including friendships in my whole life I've always been that person who loves travel who loves to take up opportunities that involve being away and even exchanges like within the first three weeks of being together I went away for six weeks on my first exchange then I came home for five months and I went away for nearly a year so it, from the beginning I was like this is my passion traveling learning languages studying overseas I wanted to work overseas, which I ended up doing, and his interests were the same and we fell into this ability to be, like you've seen us, we are together. When we're together, we're together 24-7. We work together and most couples can't do that very well. Like we don't really need space from each other. We can be in the same room and not talk or we can be in the same room and stimulating each other 24-7. We don't get sick of it. But then we also can be, I can be in Antarctica doing my own thing, refining my identity, who I am completely separately without literal signal to be able to call him for two weeks and we're still mm. really strong and fine. And I think the reason why we're like in our 14th year is because we can be like so in each other's pockets but also allow each other the space to be like if you need to go away. Like I lived in Hong Kong for a year for my career because it was the best thing I could do. But for his career, he couldn't be in Hong Kong. So we just were like, well, how could we not allow each other that space to live apart for a year but still make it work? Yeah. And I think that's why. I think if any of us had felt like we had to compromise on those things and we couldn't have each other's support, and it's swung in roundabouts. There's been times where he needed to be in the US for like most of a year. I think because in the pie chart, like freedom to travel and work and not necessarily need to both go all the time, is a big priority, it kind of works. Whereas, of course, there are other couples who only one person has that as a priority. It would be really hard to find the middle ground. But I think I knew that he was the one because we've always been able to do that. Yeah, nice. And because when we came back, then we could do the opposite as well. It wasn't like we're at such a spectrum of low-touch independence that then when we're together we're like, uh. <laughs> yeah, we're like, hi, yeah. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yeah. <nice. laughs> okay, so. 
there were lots of other follow-on questions. Someone, a few people actually have asked for a Nick return. It's been a while. So for mm. Valentine's Day, <gasps> three-way episode. Cute. I'll be the couples therapist for okay. you guys. Kane, it's going to be a lock-in. We're going to need 12 hours. It's going to be Joe yeah. Rogan. We're going full <laughs> Joe Rogan. Okay. Bim, family slash Asian. Hilarious okay. that that's what you call this I category. Know, sorry. <laughs> but also we've touched on this before in relation to academics. I think in like the cultural difference between us is that you had Asian parents and I didn't. Yes. So it's interesting to have this perspective. Yeah. And I think particularly now in relation to relationships, this has an even more yeah. depth than it would have when the person actually asked the question. So the first one was your family seems so close-knit, but did you ever feel duh Asian pressure though? Hilarious. <laughs> duh. Duh. And also how do you deal with the pressure to get married and have a family, et cetera, particularly now that you're in a same-sex relationship? How yeah. did you how do you navigate telling them? I haven't told them. I have not. I have not. And they do not listen to CZA, they, so that's fine. Yeah, no exactly. risk. But I don't also like things like fresh relationships, I don't tend to tell my parents like immediately anyway. Like that takes time. You tell I've your also, siblings though, they all know. Yeah, they all know. Yeah, yeah. Including me. Cool. Yeah, it's true. But no, like parents, I mean. Yeah. Asian pressure, yes, felt particularly in when I was a teenager, when I was in high school. But I was very thankful I had two older sisters growing up and they kind of paved the way to kind of us be doing our own thing and explore the world and in a very I guess western way so we kind of like I guess in Asian tiger parenting books we were like a little bit rebellious and that we didn't really listen to my parents they were like academic 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 we were like sports sports sport, music and so yeah we kind of like liberated ourselves a little bit by biting the bullet and doing these things and despite it being uncomfortable to have to do because they weren't necessarily approving of it we knew it was like we weren't being reckless. We were actually just like growing ourselves and we knew that because we were doing that, they'd come around to it and they did come around to it. Like we'd go overseas and they'd be like, no, 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 And then we'd do it and they'd be like, oh, our daughter has travelled the world by herself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was our idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like pressure definitely but now not so much. The only pressure I feel is something maybe I feel myself that they necessarily do, they don't actually impose and I don't think they do is the, the need of a status type job. And yes. I think the reason why I've been so slow to tell them I've resigned from physio to down to casual is because I feel like they'd be sad that I'm not in this, you know, status related job anymore, which I, it's not even the case because Catherine works in startups and stuff and they love that of her. So mm. I, I think it's a self-imposed, like ingrained thing from when I was younger that mm-hmm. because it's not a status or like an academic or whatever Like job, a prestigious, yeah. yeah, typical kind of pathway. Yeah. So yeah. I do feel it, but I think we were really great at holding ourselves to stay pretty true to us and have to just sit in the, the discomfort for a little bit to then be able to live pretty freely now. And what about the, oh, the family man. trajectory as well? Because there are one, two, three, three uh, sisters, one brother, brother, no grandchildren yet, but are they like putting the pressure? No, not necessarily pressure. Mum and dad love kids. And yes, I think like traditionally they would love to have grandchildren, love to keep the family name going and things like that. I think they've been become a bit more open. Like Catherine's also in a same-sex relationship and she's a lot older than I am, so I'm really grateful for her kind of paving the way. She's not that much older. Me and Catherine like are the same age. Eight years? Ew, why am I your Nine years. Not Catherine? Nine years. Okay, so this relationship okay. started as Catherine and I yeah. being in the same year level, being like, as you guys know from early episodes, and then I just was like, oh, my maturity is like minus eight years, so I might as well move to the younger sister. Oh, God. Um, so yeah, there's always there's not pressure, but you can de- you definitely like in the back of your mind you're like yeah they want one and yeah and then being Asian 
I think this is a very different topic that we'll probably speak on another time. But like, you know, being Asian, there's really cultural and religious differences in terms of like same-sex relationships and things like that, which is a whole nother thing. And yeah, they progressed a lot in the years. So it's been nice to see, but there's always like kind of underlying tones and things like that. Mm. So yeah. What about the moving out thing? So this was a specific question from a fellow Asian. Also, this is a mass generalisation. Obviously, not all families have tiger yeah. parents. Obviously, not every single okay, Asian most do. is the same. If you have an immigrant like, parent, yeah. then it's very yeah. likely that you do. Yeah. How did your parents feel about you moving out? I'm literally a few streets away from mine and I'm sure they don't mean it, but they do make me feel bad for not visiting often. I'm in my 30s. So mum is like that. Mum is like... When we were bought house, she was like, I'm so happy, but I cry all night. I cry, oh, no. I cry. And I was like, why? She goes, all my children, all my children going. All my children. And I was like, well, we're going to have to. And dad's all like, go, bye, see ya. Oh, and like Connie. secretly he loves us when we come back home. And we have weekly dinners. So it's in that so instance, lovely. we are always like we visit often. But sometimes like if I don't see mum for like one of the weekly dinners, mum's like, you don't even call me or text me. I was like, oh, my God, I Mom. love her. So she, like, misses the kids so much. But there was not pressure to, like, stay. They don't make us feel bad. Dad's very much like, yeah, go. Like, he loves that we've all gone and done, like, the adult thing. And they also do love that we come home. And they're so proud that you look like me now. They're so <laughs> proud that I look like you. <laughs> the greatest milestone. Uh, last family question. Your family is so cool. Who is your favourite cousin and why? And also related in terms of karaoke abilities, which your family does together often. How would you rank you and your siblings from best to not best? Okay, so I'll ask that one. And that, that one was first. definitely one of your cousins. That was no, that was definitely Jen. Which one? The karaoke family. Oh cousin. yeah, but also the favorite cousin one was probably Lynn. yeah the cousin. It was probably Lynn. <laughs> the cousin you know. Yeah. No, because she answered all my stories. I was like, Lynn, that was you for sure. Oh, okay. In that case, my favorite cousin is Lynn. Um, uh, but karaoke is Catherine's first. Actually, is no, actually, no, 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 actually, I'm going to take that back. Catherine is the best singer, but therefore she's the worst at karaoke because she sings too well. She takes it too seriously. She's, yeah. she's too good. She harmonizes. Oh, no, babe. You've got to be a bit trash. Yeah, you've got to be silly. So I'd say yeah. Jen for passion. Oh, okay. Jen is a passionate Jen karaoke for passion. singer. Okay. Sometimes she'll text me, what are you doing? I'll be like, I'm at home. She goes, okay, I'm at Preston Home Karaoke. <laughs> I'm like, okay, be there soon. Okay, bye. Love you. Um, I would say Jen and then myself. Actually, oh. no, I think Justine first, who's <gasps> Catherine's fiance. Then Jen, then myself. Justine gets amongst it. Justine is amazing. I love Justine. And then Nick and Catherine are equal last. Only because Nick. Nick is BTS. Nick, but Nick also has like his very passion. But he's K-pop. He'd be like, baby, you're a fireworks. <laughs> Like just but no he looks passion. like a K-pop star, yeah, so yeah, in terms of appearance, he's up up the top. Yeah, yeah. So if it's a K-pop song, he gets very passionate. and carry and choreography and choreography. Maybe he made me learn the BTS dances. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, man. But then, yeah, Catherine's only last because she's too good. Yeah, she takes it too seriously. But what about Not Rose seriously, and she's just too good. Rose is oh, like sorry, a full on solo. Mom is number one, definitely. Oh. Dad's number two, and then the siblings in that yeah. order that I said. That's because your mom doesn't give anyone else a microphone. Mom doesn't even open her eyes no. when she sings. No. <laughs> Like, that's how into it she is. One time I recorded her all the way up to her nostril and she was like, like a vibrato with her eyes closed. And when when you guys aren't even there, she's still doing karaoke. By herself, yeah. Okay, next section. I feel like 
Again, we have gone. Way okay, so because we we'll have so many things to talk this. about. Quick fire cycling. Tips to start cycling on the road. I really want to start cycling places, but I'm terrified of riding on the road. Very common, I would say. Yes. Start on roads that have really wide bicycle paths. For example, St. Kilda Road. For example, that main one. Um, <laughs> I was like, all the other ones are shit. Um, anything that has a really wide designated cycle path is always a really nice one to start in. My tip is feel like you are a car. You belong on the road. Like it's a shared. Feel like you're a car. Yeah, pretend you're a car. Be the car. You have to be the car because otherwise if you <laughs> feel like. the car. If you feel like you're a little person in the big wide world, it's very scary. <laughs> so you've got to think you're like big, big Hulk. Anyway. Well, and like, then, not everyone has your chunky trunks, okay? It's true. Get <laughs> chunky trunks too. Okay. Well, that leads to the next question. What are your best tips with improving your cycling fitness? Get bigger legs. <laughs> I think uh, you got to do a mix. If you want to, I think you just got, you know, a bit like running. You've just got to do it consistently more. Mm-hmm. Find a seat that's comfortable. That's the other thing. I think people find <gasps> have bikes that aren't comfortable and that makes cycling long periods of time hard and that you feel like you're unfit, but it's actually just the fit of your bike, the yeah. seat of your bike are all not Right. So I'd actually say invest in a small bike fit. It could be a really cheap one, a really quick one, but a lot of people are riding bikes that are way too big or way too small and then it yeah. just causes a lot of discomfort. Please tell me you've got a funny cleat fail story. My poor ego is bruised after getting stuck in them at traffic lights. Was that Nicholas Davidson who submitted that question? No, because was his was not? worse. His was worse. He like slow-mo tried to fall <laughs> and then he reached out for a pole and then his arms was too extended to like – And he fell on like- a car. No, no, no. He like try. He was almost gonna fall, and then he reached out to the oh, yeah, pole, that's right. and then his arms were too extended to like do anything else, and so he had to like <laughs> like jolt himself over. And I was just standing there laughing. No, Nick's worst cleat story is that on his Wahoo kicker. At, oh yeah. At home in lockdown, in a stationary. Sta- on a stationary bike with <laughs> his cleats off. locked in, he went too hard because he was competing against other people online. <laughs> fell off fell the bike, off. broke it. I chipped it, and it I, all so I heard sad. was I had this massive crash. Hell, <laughs> hell. He was I went so in, sad. He's like still attached to the bike on the side, on the floor. It was the best. Um, no, worst cleat story, I was on Kerford Road doing Beach Road and I came back and it was a turning lane and I went to go and and then I fell off on the side. So I, everyone behind me missed the turning light, got up back up, ready to go again for the next turning light, went to pedal, My didn't realise that my gears had come off, like my chain had come oh off, God. fell again. <gasps> For Didn't the Nick second come and time, get you that day? no, nah, that was eight, this was oh. eight years ago. Fell off again. So these cars had missed two turning lights in Albert Park. Go for it again. Come on again, ready to rock. Literally can't get my cleat in in time. And then I'm like doing the slow motion fall to the side for the third time. <laughs> I had banked up like all funny. the traffic. Safety first. No, no, it was funny. Anyway, so yeah, all this happens. Happens all the time, so don't stress. And on that cycling note, we did a bit of a teaser of a bike-related story submission because we had something really excited to announce, which didn't eventuate this year by my fault exclusively because we were traveling so much and we didn't organize it. And also Angela's fault also exclusively because she yeah. didn't leave her job on time to like be more <laughs> available true. to help. So <laughs> that will be a 2023 project that we will still bring to life. So for those who did submit their stories and there were some lovely ones, we will have something very exciting yeah. for you. But sorry, just... I haven't forgotten or just decided against it. Yeah. <laughs> we just didn't have time. So, Bim, for the mindset slash life ones, there's quite a few and I feel like they're big questions. Are you feeling open to doing a, you know, when you like reply quick on oh, yes, on yes. your stories? We'll do three quick fire and the re- yeah. rest I'll write. Oh. Yeah, because I feel like some of them are really big, beautiful questions. Like, well, one of them is actually a relationship one, but 
about your biggest insecurities, about ever having down days. Like I feel like we've spoken a little bit about the fact, of course you have down days, but we could also end up speaking about that for a really long time. Yeah. But one I think is really important for you to answer here because it's fascinating and we don't speak about this enough. How do you work on your financials? Buying oh, a house at this age yeah, is amazing. Someone fully thought that I um And then how are you able to retire in an adult world that needs <laughs> payment for adult bills? To clarify, she has not retired. Not, She's still working very hard. Oh Just God. left her one job to, yeah. <laughs> to go into another structure. How do I manage my financials? I'm actually a really shit financial manager, to be completely honest. Sarah knows I hate it. I hate it so much. I think what helped with buying the house was I'm going to be like full transparent here. Like dad has this thing where he's always wanted to be a part of our buying house story for all of us kids. And so – I probably had like 15% or something as a deposit and dad really wanted to make sure he had a 20% deposit. And so he contributed like the extra for that. So I'd be like fully transparent as I feel like people think that I was like, so, and I was like, no, like I very privileged to have dad like offer that. And like, but you want did to be save. Obviously I saved the Your significant part amount. of it. Yeah. 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 Like, like the majority of it. And so, but I had to, put it out there because otherwise people have like a like I don't want to set a, a pre-sense that's not necessarily true about myself in terms of fin- working out the financials I think what I've started to do a lot more is have a gauge of how much I will earn for the year it just a roundabout just because I have multiple income streams and then like macro repayments like being like mortgage and then kind of sussing out what I have in between a few other things that I, I guess I do is for and it's not necessarily a savings thing, but I have multiple incomes. That's one thing, like multiple income streams. Two, I have a shares portfolio, not a huge one, but I still I do have one, and I hold that, and that's a very much a long term strategy. And then three, I've got obviously the house, which is more of a like a growth investment thing. But previously, I would yeah, I would work multiple jobs. I actually don't have a very overly expensive life. I didn't. I say I didn't, but I don't know about now. I just spent. I don't go clubbing. I don't spend a lot of money you know, like on a huge amount of like clothes and things. Um, um, because she steals all my. It's true. Saying. It's true. And then, <laughs> and then I also like don't. You're like, very where frugal. My, but where my money goes, I don't think I'm like overly frugal. I just don't. No, like, you're my, just like clever. The things I spend on aren't expensive. That's the difference. Yeah. And so, but I spend a lot of money on like food and like yeah. for other people or whatever it is. And so living at home helped with saving rent. That's the one thing also. Mm-hmm. Shares portfolio, which is strategic in the recession, multiple jobs. Like I'm set up business-wise in a way that means that it's a slightly better tax situation. Like it's set up as a company mm-hmm. under a trust, which we set up when I was started paper planes, which means the distributions are a bit different as well. This like being fully transparent. And then in terms of the actual saving side of things, I kind of, I guess I'm always conscious of how much I have, but I'm not actively like put X amount of way. I was like that when I was saving for the house. But after that, I've kind of just like kind of know how much I'm getting, how much is going out as an overview as opposed to like actively saving. Because I think for right now, I've been saving for so long that I was like, mm, I just kind of want to chill out a little bit and kind of be a bit mm-hmm. freer. But yeah, it does help. Multiple income streams. It's probably the biggest asset that I have, but it does mean. And being organized about those income streams though. Like you don't just, you know, some people just like all their money comes in and then they just spend what's in there. Like they don't look at kind of. Yeah. You have a vague idea. Well, not even vague. You have an idea of your overarching plan. Yeah. Your like 
outgoings that are regular, then you know how much you can, like before you go and spend on extra stuff, you tend to know how much you have there to spend. You don't just like yeah. buy shit and like then go, oh, never, there's not enough left. Like yeah. you're, you're very on top of a budget, even if you're not consciously yeah. setting a budget. Like I would never do buy now, pay laters. Like I don't like, yeah. like that kind of debt. I don't have a credit card. Book oh, that's cheap. a huge one that you don't have a credit card. Yeah. That's huge. That's a purposeful conscious decision and I like choose cheap flights when I go. So, yeah, I guess. That was a really good – that was that transparency I think is like really useful to a lot of people. And then there's some amazing questions in here like what inspires you to have your right now? I'm just living life attitude. What's your favourite worst mistake? Oh, that's a really good one. Oh, Where yeah. do you get your energy? There's some about imposter syndrome from a fellow Potensui sister. Oh, Macrob for life. I know. Oh, so I think Andrew will answer those in more detail and there's quite a few other ones about mindset and life. But another quick fire one before we move to the last section is – What's your next big thing or challenge? That's hard. Well, just uh, like manage being hot. Manage being hot. <laughs> <laughs> my modeling career, okay. Manage your OnlyFans, um, build my portfolio. No, <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think managing this next year, now that I'm like very much in this startup life, it's very like I'm really a yes person. So anytime someone like a client, a new client comes along or asks, someone asks for help, I tend to say yes and that becomes a new client. So I think managing my year with businesses, but friendo, I'm looking forward to like being a bigger part of. Like um, we've had some really fun and nice discussions about how I could be a bigger part of like the founding team of friendo, which is all very exciting. So I guess that's the big, the next big thing. Um, okay, well, CZA, like, whatever. CZA I'm kidding, I'm is kidding. Um, a very small part of who I am. <laughs> um, Just a small project, um, an SMOL project. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to answer this one really quickly. The right now I'm living life oh, attitude yeah? okay. yep. comes from, and I've said this a million times before, but I still live by it, is that we're not guaranteed a future or the yes. future. We are guaranteed what is right now and what is in the next I minute. But otherwise it sounds morbid, but things happen life is not guaranteed to anyone and so why not live it up now because I love that yeah that's all you have that's it okay travel yeah you exercised and worked during this last like your recent trip do you prefer to maintain some normal routine on your travels and how I feel like that all goes out the window for me too much to see and do and we just spoke in the car about how you're about to go away to New Zealand with family and one thing that does happen when you travel is you just get all out of your home routine, yeah. which is obviously like it's such a nice problem to have. Mm. But, yeah, how do you kind of manage that? Running on my travels was when you can combine the travel aspect with the routine aspect, then it becomes easy. So running in my travels is actually was a way of me seeing things. So like in the oh. morning I would run around the area that I just didn't know and then almost in my brain bookmark all these cool things that I want to come back to in the day. And when you're traveling, because of the way that I travel, it's like the day is just like unplanned, unstructured, and you kind of roam for hours and hours. And you, I feel like when you travel, the days feel long. Like you just oh, fit so it. much in the day. Like yeah. here you come home after work and that's kind of the end of the day you wind down at like six o'clock there you have dinner then you go back out and you go for go for another night walk and then you go for another room and you don't really get back until nine or ten or or later or whatever so the days are long and so I fit in the run as a means of like exploration seeing places like vetting places that I want to see try and also you feel a bit like a local like you feel Mm, like you're you're, seeing a side of the yeah yeah, like you're doing the um, you wouldn't you see locals running. And so, yeah, I intertwine it with the actual travel side of things. But also in my brain, I need to move. Like I know walking is really great, but like just I, I 
it's really important to me to keep moving at a, a sometimes higher intensity and so it makes me like more set up for the day so I try to do that as a minimum if I'm traveling but you're pretty good at like allowing yourself to not have your normal routine for the oh, sake of travel the and then restoring it when you get back yeah, yeah I'm like yeah. the freest traveler in my last trip the only reason why I ran was because it was a bit of a different trip it was like a I worked while I was away I was kind of away to kind of like recharge as opposed to be overly adventurous. Mm. Yeah. What backpack do you use? I use a Mac pack. It's like a hiking bag. It's a 40 liter for my smaller trips. And then I've got a Kathmandu bigger one that's more like a 70 liter for like if I go for a, like my longer one was like five months. So I took that one. Yeah. And for all my trips now, I use like a hiking. It's almost like, yeah, a hiking backpack. Will your great aunt from Vietnam ever come visit again? And also, do you miss her? And why is my thing typing what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, what are these <laughs> new questions coming along? Um, I don't know what I've done. My great aunt probably won't ever come back to visit again. It was just so hard to get her here. And she just Jody. loves, yeah, she loves being in Vietnam. And it was such a long period of time that she was here for that she probably won't come back again. I do miss her and I love her. Mum and dad are going back in February. <gasps> And I oh. probably won't only because I think I've got a wedding, but I just feel like I need to settle down. Do you need a book in your in hair and makeup? <laughs> but I love that. Like I, the reason, part of why I love the work that I get to do now is that I can see her whenever I want. Like I don't have to book and leave. So I'll probably go at the end of next year. The only reason why I didn't go this year, I was meant to go in November, was because dad had um, a big heart surgery that oh, meant right. that we, we didn't go. Last two questions and these are beautiful questions because I think this is one thing you're very good at inspiring in others and particularly for me being on the Intrepid trips has been something that I've loved watching. How do you find the courage to travel on your own and then tips on once you decide to travel solo on doing that? And I feel like I've seen like a majority of people on the Intrepid tours were traveling solo in Antarctica, the youngest person was 19 and she came on her own because it was often you can't find someone who wants to prioritize the same destination as you. And you do it all the time and have shown me like it's a beautiful thing to do. It is one of my favorite things to do, definitely. How do I find the courage to travel on your own? I think it's a sense of like sense of fearlessness but trust of the world at the same time, if that makes sense. I think as opposed to like focusing on the bad things that happen or can happen, I'm very like – not like it won't happen to me and I, I can appreciate it. I know it does happen, but if you kind of focus on that, the world seems like a really scary place. Mm. And then you kind of, it's a barrier to doing many exciting things. The thing that I always remember or think about is it seems far away, like these destinations are a different country, different continent, but it's the same world. Like they have internet, they have mm. cafes, they have phones, they have trains, they have technology. Like it's actually just the same, but in I a mean, different Antarctica language. Doesn't, Except in Antarctica, else does. but like many places <laughs> that people would go, yeah, have all of that. So yeah. you have a safety net of you know if you want to set yourself up right. There's many things you you know you can set up your phone to have your favorites contacted, like your um, emergency contacts sorted. Yeah, You can leave your location on if you want to, to your closest friends on the iPhones or whatever. Yeah. You can make sure someone, you're telling someone where you're going the next day or the next steps. You can share with your siblings your itinerary, your flight details, all of that stuff you can do as contingency when you're traveling alone. But you also realize like I, as much as I'm pretty reckless, some would say, um, like hitchhike and whatever, Ugh. hostels and as stuff. As a mother of you that is not okay. <laughs> it's like it's, the world is safer than you think despite yeah. the like things that happen around the world. And then you've got hostels, which uh, 
with like-minded people, the minute you're on your own, people tend to come up to you and be like, "Who? where are you from? Like mm. chat to you, make you feel like, you know, involve you in things. The minute you're with someone else though, they people don't do that. And you don't do that. And you don't, you do don't that. open yourself so, up either. Yeah, so you don't make these beautiful friendships and meet people around the world. And a bit of it is trust, but a bit of it is like self confidence in that you can do that by yourself mm. and I think sometimes we say like we're a, a female and by virtue of that unfortunately there are things that happens to females that wouldn't just happen to men but you know rather than sometimes focusing on that aspect of things you're like no I'm actually a very strong independent mm. female that's going to do this and then yeah you set yourself up in all the other safety measures that you can in the time if you it's your first time, you can go to like, you know, areas that are much more populated and much more dense with much more hostels and options and transport and technology and Wi-Fi and things like that and make you still feel safer. But I think just like trying it is the only way to know if that's for you. It's not mm-hmm. for everyone. But yeah, just choose a place where it feels safe. The other thing you can do is like go solo for a period and then meet up with someone that you know you're going to meet up with in seven days or something. Yeah. And that way everything feels a little bit nicer. And like, it's not as scary. And I also feel like if you book a group tour, like a small group tour, like with Intrepid or someone like that, I sound like this is an ad, it's not. (laughs) I genuinely have seen so many solo travelers on these trips who like there's traveling solo outside of the structure of a tour. And that's like very adventurous. But if you're not quite ready for that and you want to be in a small group, but solo in terms of without your friends or without like traveling, physically getting to that place with someone else, it then gives you the safety of knowing someone's going to meet you at the other end. You're going to be traveling in a group when you go to the sites, like particularly countries that are a bit more adventurous. I've found it gives people a little bit of a safety net. Like I'll be with people, I'll meet other solo travellers. Yeah. Like there are ways to set yourself up so that you're not completely alone. That's right. Like you just rock up to this yeah. country with no structure and no people to meet you and no one who knows who you are. Yeah. The guided tours in groups is an amazing way to meet new people and you do, you force yourself like – to be fair, in Antarctica, I went with a group of people, but I was solo in terms of like Nick wasn't with me. I didn't go with a friend. I was there for work and I wasn't with them most of the time. We, just, I just sat and spoke to people I would never make conversation exactly. with. And it's the best. It's actually the best. It's very soul-filling. So I'd say anyone that thrives or needs a sense of adventure, a sense of freedom, that wants to like explore, make new friends, like live on the edge a little bit, traveling solo is really fun. If anyone feels like they need a lot more structure, a lot more routine, a lot more planning, still can definitely do it. Just set yourself up in a way that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I would just recommend it for everyone to try once in their life. And it's so liberating because you can just do whatever you want. You literally don't have to work your schedule around anybody else. The way I travel, I book the flights and then I book two nights of accommodation in my first destination and that is all. Like with Turkey, I booked a flight to Istanbul and then I booked a flight home from Dublin in Ireland and I booked only two nights in Istanbul and then when I arrived is when I decided what the vibes were like and then I continued from there and I was like, tomorrow I'm going to Bulgaria. Yeah. (laughs) And that's how it worked. You're probably like on the more adventurous spectrum of solo travel. (laughs) But, yeah, I I feel like the times I've done it, even just like taking yourself off to a restaurant and people watching by yourself, you do have to get over the weird – like it does feel weird for a second. It does feel – like if you've never done it before, a lot of people haven't even gone out to dinner by themselves in their own city. But there's something about doing it for the first time and just 
getting over that it feels a bit weird and you don't have someone to talk to. But then you just realize like, who cares? That genuinely. You don't want to miss out on a destination just because no one else you know wants to go there. Like there are ways to do it and that's the beauty of it. It makes you be a little bit uncomfortable and then it makes you like expand this side of your personality you never get to do that with. Yeah, it's the best. Well, there are so many things we could talk about. There are many other topics, many other questions and also there are many end of year slash start of a new year reflections because you and I are both very symbolic about the start of a new year but I feel like that can be for our first episode next year. And so if anyone does have any questions that are like New Year's resolution and in our writing journals, etc., related. <laughs> I feel like the rest of the you'll forever and ever now is going to be like, so ask your questions and but we like, shall respond. Literally. Is that not the <laughs> funnest way to structure these episodes, particularly since we can do them more often now? Yeah. I literally ask Kane, can we have a regular slot now that Angie's like full time, <laughs> which is really exciting. So I hope you guys enjoyed these this double Q&A, everything else we've done this year. I promise, as I keep promising, <laughs> my promises are worth nothing now, that no. next year will be a lot more structured we'll have a lot more Ange and I hope you guys have an amazing holidays a little bit of a break a beautiful end of year and start of the new year and we'll be back in two weeks I think happy new year happy 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 new year I was trying to make it like yay but nothing right no just happy new year guys not everything has to be branded but it does happy new year happy new no it doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys we love you Bye. bye